Oh, wait, I have a very important question, which you can edit out if you want to. Oh, no, no. I need, I need to know if I need to refrain from cursing or not during oh. this episode. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Break Drink Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Laura. And today we are chatting with two lovely ladies who we may know and you may know, Sue Caulfield. Say hi. Hello. Hello, hello. And Kristen Abel. Hello, hello. Is it Abel or Abel? It's Abel. Okay. I'll cut that out. (laughs) You You should leave that in totally. You should leave it in. Because people mispronounce it all the time. I, I think the first time I, miss, I, talk, I, I met you in person, we had like this conversation about like, am I calling you the right thing? Um, but of course, that's been like eight years. So I, uh, right, right. <laughs> it's better when people don't pronounce your last name because they know they won't say it right, which that's even funnier. So I'm like, say it. Oh, you're at Laura. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just say at Laura Pasquini. Nee, 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 nee. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> if I could have more I and I, I and I's, then that would be there. And you actually pronounced it correctly. You just added a few extra it's, like vowel syllables. You it's flair. It's yeah. the flair at the it's end of it. What yeah. would be on my food truck? Pasquini, nee, 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 nee's, linguini. Nailed it. Is it sandwiches or pasta? Pasta. Come on. Don't be ridiculous. Stugat. Somewhat's a matter for you. All right, so we invited these lovely ladies to come talk about different things and catch up because they're important members of our lives. Sure, could be higher ed, but it's probably not, and we'll talk about some fun things. So, welcome. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Heck yeah. We invited you two to come on, but we want to catch up, so tell us, where are you now? So, back in the day, uh, let's backtrack, Uh, Sue was stuck with us on old break drink and she did a lot of things all day every day called the daily dose which you heard her fine voice and maybe we attribute to that to your current podcast i don't know we won't give that credit yet but no um, i was warming up yeah so (laughs) tell tell them what you did and what you warmed up to yeah so um myself and sean who i who i actually need to catch up with also so hi sean because you're probably listening (laughs) so um ran Daily Dose, which is just really kind of like news in higher ed, I would say, at, uh, at least twice a week. Um, it was actually really, I was thinking about this the other day, it got me comfortable hearing my own voice, even if I wrote out everything that I said and then messed it up several times and then panicked that I messed it up and then had to re-record again. <laughs> so <laughs> got me a lot, a lot more used to that, which is really nice. Um, but that was a long time ago, it seems like. I don't even know how how long was that. It was probably like twenty three or four years ago. Yeah, four years. Basically, ago. A, life, a lifetime in educational world. Yeah, I would say you changed, but people see that as a bad thing. But you've changed since then. Yeah, and I definitely wouldn't call it matured for sure. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. It's fun. Um, so th- those podcasts were pretty awesome, and I can't believe you did that multiple times. We could learn from you, Jeff, when you're. In- we can probably script things more. Nah, don't nah. do it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So where did that bring you to now? Yeah. So at the time I started it, I was in a whole different uh, role, I guess. 
I just got into the job I am in now. Yay, visitor. <laughs> we have a sneaky visitor who might say hi. I hope nope, so. Maybe not. He's going to run away. All right. Bye. He will not be named on this podcast then. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, kind of moved up the chain a little bit in the medical school I work at. Um, and I think the big thing that happened is committed went from being nothing to being the committed series to being the committed project. So that was a pretty big deal a couple of years ago. Um, Other than that, I did a life thing. I got married. So that was kind of huge. (laughs) And yeah, that's... that's You started doing pseudos since the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. They didn't... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they didn't exist either. Well, they did, but just no one knew about them. So, yeah. I drew a lot and shared it on the internet, and apparently it resonated with some people, and now it's a thing that people hire me to do every once in a while, which is I still weird some. to me. You did. You did. Yeah. I received <laughs> a few pseudo cards, which is awesome. Yep. Yeah. And so, you also do a podcast now. I do. It's called The Imposters Podcast. Um, there's a lot of fucks given on that podcast. <laughs> I just like your hashtag, poop friends. Yes. <laughs> That's my favorite. I kind of want a mug, even though I'm not in the gang. I just like the mug. So Yeah. So that's been um, pretty cool as well. Really, I just like to make things. So I just try to keep doing that. That yes. hasn't changed. <laughs> and as Kristen, we're talking with, um, she's probably the one that instigated a lot of uh, committed, but what became more around talking around stigmas and mental health and other things and she's a good uh, rabble razzler so that's why she's here chatting with us today and what you've been up to, to uh yeah yeah i have um i so i'm actually a web manager at my institution um so i don't technically work in student affairs but i do work with all the student affairs websites and so they still consider me sort of part of their division um, and yeah, we, so Sue's actually, um, the one who came to me and was like, I think I have an idea about, and, and I want to talk to you about it. And that's, <clears throat> I actually, uh, just found the G chat, um, that we, where we started talking about it the other day and sent it to her. Um, cause it was a nice little blast from the past. Like, what, Hey, what I think I have this idea. Uh, when was that? It was like twenty March, February or March of twenty fourteen. Because we it like, was late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh yeah. So mental health awareness month is in May. We should do something like now. So, um, and we should just you know maybe we'll get like a a post a week. That that would be awesome. And so we put the call out and. Uh, like what? Twenty five posts later, we're like, oh, well, no, okay, we we've got one for every day of the week, pretty much, and um, so yeah, that that was huge. And then I got to speak at um, ACPA a couple years ago um, about uh, mental illness um, in uh, the workplace, and I've presented a couple other times on it and done so more writing on it and yeah i'm kind of when did the book it. come out you have a book 
We do the committed book that came out in 20, like 2015. Okay. I think that's right. Sue, Sue did some additional work on that. I know. Um, late 2015. Um, we have that book that's in the content of all the posts from the first series. So. Did did y'all write the first twenty something post, or did you write like a handful and everyone else has started? We each wrote one. We each wrote one <laughs> post. I did. Everybody else, yeah. And it just started coming in after that. Yeah, it's kind of uh, not to. Well, no, I'm gonna be tongue in cheek. It's kind of crazy to think about <laughs> how yeah. much crazy there possibly is out there in yeah. a good way. Um, I drew a po- I drew a pseudo for every post the first year or two, which was pretty cool. And pretty challenging to try to take people's most vulnerable parts of their lives sometimes and try to make a comic that pictured it. <laughs> this is yeah. like seemed like an impossible task, but it was also a really great exercise and kind of challenging myself because I tend to draw really fun, quirky things, and sometimes this wasn't so fun or quirky. So that was you pretty did an cool. amazing job with that. I could I thought of those pictures and with the stories and narratives, it it was. It was amazing. So, thanks. It was honestly, we had a lot of great content. Kristen edited, I should say, helped edit, help people edit their own stories, which is also a challenge. A lot uh, of coaching. Yeah. It's, it's, I, that was a <clears throat> really interesting um, dynamic. I remember Sue and I had this conversation. I'm like, it's very weird for me. that is so personal to them and tell them they need to edit that. Like, no, this part is not as interesting or this part. And I'm like, this is your, your mental, mental health story. I'm like, like you know, it, it's so weird, like to go from that helper. Who's like, all of your story is important to like, no, no, no. Let's just focus on this part of your story. Where's the, where's it now? Like how has it evolved over time? So, um, yeah, last year, uh, we, so we did, we did two years of posts. The second year we did not do, Sue didn't do illustrations for all of them. She did it for a couple of them. Um, and then we allowed people, we had a couple people submit, um, uh, their own images and videos and stuff like that. Um, and then we, uh, created this website and kind of have, it's kind of a mini organization. It's not like a full organization because we don't have, we're doing this in our spare time. So the website you're talking Um, about is thecommittedproject.com? You're an org. 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 That's what I thought, yeah. We tried for the com, it didn't work out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So yeah, um, it's thecommittedproject.org and it has a ton of resources on it and um, we do a newsletter, which um, is all Sue, because she's awesome. Um, and then uh, we've been posting online. Uh, we did. We were doing blog posts for a while. Um, we're actually getting ready to go into Mental Health Awareness Month again in a month. And we've got a few things planned for that. Um, in addition to that, we've been... Uh, um, Sue did a ton of work. Um, well... And I think all of us kind of started putting together resources, but we wanted to have something that people could like print off and um, 
use yeah. at work and give to their, you know, staff or whatever. So there's this um, kick-ass toolkit on there, really. Uh, it's it's awesome. It has some really amazing stuff in it. It's got, like, a contract you can do um, and uh, language tips and quizzes and all sorts of fun stuff in it. Um, and so we... Uh, we've been doing a lot of, of those sorts of things. And the thing that I think is most interesting about it is the more we share, the more we have to share, like the more we put it out there and talk to people, the more people are like, I have a story too. I have a story too. So if I was first coming to your website and I wanted to talk about whether if I had challenges or if people related or near to me, where would you recommend they start? Because you have a wealth of greatness here. And I think it's amazing. Uh, the toolkit's pretty neat. Yeah. So I, I recommend checking that out. But like, where should they start? What do you recommend they do? And that sort of thing. I mean, luckily, we're not the only organization that's doing this. I think we're just one of the only ones that it is doing it in higher ed. For, um, for not students, but our colleagues. That's kind of the difference that um, makes us stand out a little bit. There's, in our resource section, there's a ton of other organizations um, listed. And then the toolkit's a pretty big one, too, that actually points to some other schools that are doing a really great job with this. Um, it's It also starts with as basic as, like, some definitions and a matching column. So if you don't know what the difference between... I don't know, OCD and ADD is, then you can figure it out. <laughs> um, right. You know, there's a lot of language that's associated with mental health and mental illness, and even those two terms are different. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I think that that is a good place to start and just um, you, how to use that language to help people in your own life or maybe recognize <sighs> someone who's calling out for help in your own department or your own institution um, or how to talk to your HR department about this stuff. There's the starting place really is just to learn a little, little bit about it if you know nothing. Um, and it can be and overwhelming the, too, so not to get too overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. And the the blog is kind of a a good place to go too to to understand that you're not alone. I mean that there's so many different stories there from so many different areas, and I mean we even have a few faculty stories on there. Um, we really started, when we did the site, we wanted to, we very intentionally tried to go broader than just student affairs because it's not it just an issue in student affairs. It's it's all of higher ed. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we spend so much time and energy focusing on the students, as, as we should, of course. But kind of, we have a couple arguments for that. One, because we spend so much time and energy on the students, we're not spending it on ourselves. And... Um, that can strain us. Um, but two, if we if we work on eradicating the stigma around mental illness amongst ourselves, that's only going to make us better supporters of our students. Uh, it's interesting you said that because Laura and I talk about this all the time in a different context. Is when I was researching for my dissertation, I realized how little we research or think about ourselves as a profession or as individuals in a profession, but we will research like all these super nuanced issues of students. Um, and there's, I think it's just the self, it shows kind of the self-sacrificing of 
student affairs professionals in, in a lot of ways, but like we're more likely to think about the students than ourselves in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. But, but it's super needed that we don't think about ourselves as a profession or professional development or growth or um, are we teaching ourselves the right things or, and, and especially in this area too. Your, your website doesn't look like it's put together by a bunch of volunteers. It looks like a super professional organization that has like a staff of people behind this doing publications and <laughs> that's um, Kristen. All artwork, Kristen. <laughs> and artwork and, and like it's uh it's it's super great. Thanks. It helps that we have a, a an artist on board and a web developer on board. So Yeah. We didn't realize this, but we make a pretty damn good pair in that regard. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know how to use Photoshop, but I can throw up a whole website in a day. So I'm like, okay, great, because I have yeah. no idea how the internet's work. <laughs> um, no, Jeff, you bring about a really great point too, and I I say this like jokingly sometimes, but it, I also mean it seriously. I work for medical students, you know, some of whom are going to be psychiatrists. If I have a bad day and I call out sick or I look like crap, like they're gonna know. <laughs> like, right. I can't, you know, faking it does no one any good. It It is, you know, it makes it a big difference just to say, like, I need to step out right now. If, if nothing right here is urgent, I need to go take care of me for, you know, at least an hour, a lunch hour, or if not, like, sometimes a day. Um, and saying that and just kind of, I don't have to go into a whole, like, why and how and whatever else with them, but just kind of being as honest as, yeah, like, yesterday wasn't so great for me. I was sick, and I could say sick and mean mentally sick. And they'll just say, oh, okay, like, I hope you're feeling better, because they're, they're adults, too. So I don't, I don't know why we do a disservice to the, the students that we serve by pretending like we're not human. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really... The other thing that's kind of interesting about it, and I've been actually talking to a couple folks that I work with because um, I'm, I, we're all, all the folks that work on this, uh, on the committed project at Sue, and then we also have Carly Masteroff, um, who works with us on it as well, and myself, uh, we're all out about our mental illness, right? Um, I sometimes say that I'm out like super out because like not only am I out but I'm like constantly putting it in people's faces like dude it's like I'm I I have depression I have anxiety don't you forget it like you know and it's not it's not because I have this need for people to, to constantly be paying attention to that it's, it's just more of a look I'm able to function I'm able to do my job I'm able to do these things I'm able to, to do my job plus some stuff um and and I'm, and I, you know me, and there's no reason to be afraid of this. Yeah. Right. And so, because I'm like so super out there, a lot of the people that I work with are aware of it. Um, my boss is, my boss knows it. Um, most of my colleagues know it. And the climate in our office since I started talking about it has really shifted. Like, people are super open about it and are like, you know, I, we're working on, the, and we're a creative office. Um, but, it's like we're working on a project and I want to work on it today, but my anxiety is really high and it's causing it to be a little bit more difficult for me to work on this project today. Is there any way I can work with you on this tomorrow or, or are there, you know, for me, it's more like, are there things I can do to ease your anxiety? You know, like today, is there something that I can take off your plate to help you? And because we're able to have those discussions, it just 
feels so much easier to go into work, even when I'm having anxiety, right? Like even when I'm dealing with depression, like it is so much easier to go in and know that I can talk to people about it there and be honest about it and know that they're, they've got my back. Mm-hmm. So Kristen, how long did it take to get that environment uh, like that, where you feel that free? Because I'm assuming it's not on your resume <laughs> it wasn't talked about in your interview. Like, can you tell us about a time when, and like, so like, how long did it take you to feel, you know, comfortable with your colleagues to open up to them and you kind of like develop that safe space? We just <laughs> talked about this with HR paperwork the other day. That's funny you bring it up. <laughs> I know. We, yeah, we were just talking about it because I'm in a, so the job that I'm in now, when I applied for it, I was coming from a job that was extremely, stressful. Um, I ended up in the hospital for a period of time because of it, um, for physical health. Um, and so, uh, when I, when I interviewed for this job, I was pretty blunt, like about like, here's what I here, you know, I I want a job that's less stressful than my job. I want like, you know, it doesn't mean I can't do this job and all this sort of thing. So I, I was able to be a little bit more honest going into this and, um, uh, my boss at the time was actually, or my, my boss now, I should say, um, at the time had been a colleague and she and I had talked a a little bit before. So, um, I think that the point at which I was probably most open, like where people really started to realize it was after ACPA. And I did my, uh, I did my Pachacata there, um, on my depression. And when I did that, and then they, posted on YouTube shortly after that. And then uh, a couple of my colleagues that I was already friends with, like online and such, started sharing it around. Um, One of my colleagues shared it with the vice chancellor of student affairs. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, wait, you got to give me some warning here. Um, But uh, everybody responded really well to it. And so when that happened, I started like talking more about it and, and sharing more about it. And, um, so it's been what, like two years, two, three, three years, three years since I, no, two years since I did that talk. Sorry. Trying to remember all the ACPAs. It was three years that I was at ACPA for the full thing. And, uh, two years ago was when I did my talk. Um, and so it's been two years. Um, and I would say like, it's in the past couple months is where I've really noticed. So it's been about two years to really get to that point. Yeah. I would say that um, my boss knows, like, I'm pretty open about it with her because I had to be. (laughs) Like, my job was suffering, and it was pretty apparent. Um, I should say, like, at my worst, I was, like, not struggling with coming into work on time. So it was very apparent that I was having an issue, and I was just ignoring it or making excuses for it until her and I finally had a conversation. And I was like, listen, like, I need to go see a therapist and when I can go and my insurance will cover it is during a work day. So I don't know what to tell you and I don't know how to ask this, but I need 45 minutes every Friday afternoon at four (laughs) o'clock. And lucky for me, she's actually written for the committed project. So hi, Jody, Mm -hmm. if you're listening. (laughs) That's great. Um, Yeah. Lucky for me, she was, she's, I'm, I think done this herself before and was like, yeah, like we, we need to get this to work because you're not, you're not functioning. And I'm like, yes, you're right. (laughs) Correct. Um, 
so I was able to do that. So I've kind of been, I would say my office is not as open as Kristen's, which I, again, think is funny because we're a medical school. So you'd think that mental illness would be on the forefront. Um, But as you know, the students are aware that I am an advocate for these issues. I have a personal investment in these issues. If they Google my name, the committed project comes up. (laughs) I've linked to it on all my social media sites and a lot of them follow me. So it's kind of like, you know, if they, if they wanted to find out more, they could. Um, And luckily I have her support. So I would say we're not as, you know, there yet, but we're, we're on the path, I hope. Well, and that is something that I think we talk about, like, yeah. sorry. Oh, no, no. I was like, just going to say, well, you're a supervisor. You're going to assume you're just lazy as a staff member because this is what happens is people don't share. And then they get on a pattern and they just get perceived as lazy or can't follow through or not um, connected to the work they're doing in higher instead of actually what's going on in their life that's not visible, right? Because this is yeah. right. an illness that's it's invisible and sometimes it's visible, but it looks like something else. Yeah. And she, it's great that she picked up on the one thing that she was seeing because there were other things in my life, but like, obviously she only knows me as a boss. Um, so she picked up on that one thing and then just kind of, which I think is really important, like (sighs) took my word for it and was like, Oh, okay. Like didn't ask what it was. Didn't ask what was going on. Said, are you okay? And I said, no, but I think I could be. And like, here's how I think I can fix it. Um, you know, luckily I'm a feelings gal, so therapy works for me. <laughs> um, but, but it could, it could have been, you know, I'm honestly like lucky in that aspect. It could have been a lot, a lot more, uh, you know, I, I still go, um, I took a little break, but I still am there and it works. So I'm not going to stop if it allows me to live my life and do my job for 45 minutes. That's a great bargain every week. Great. <laughs> so, <laughs> And, and there's this idea, um, and Jeff, you were talking about it a little bit ago, about how hard it is for people to seek help, for for the med students to seek help, um, because it's been labeled as a weakness. Yeah. Right? I mean, that that's what it comes down to. It's this idea that you're weaker than the other person because you can't deal with this on your own. Well, and there's certain there's certain ethnicities that's even more so. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So my wife is Korean, and they don't want anyone to know the business. You keep that in house. Um, you know, in, in San Antonio, a big Latino population, uh, similar uh, similar type thing, uh, especially for males uh, with the you just have more of a cheese and be more macho and not have to you know, think about that. And, um, I, and I, I thought about this recently cause when, uh, 538 did a, um, a look at gun violence, mm-hmm. and it's, I think in October. Um, and I'm going to probably misquote this cause I'm, I'm going off my memory from October. I'll fact um, check you later. Go on. <clears throat> thank you. Um, I, and this surely has to be like a per capita, um, uh, per capita stat, but like, Though the the state with the highest gun violence was like Montana or Wyoming or something like that, because it was um, men committing, taking their life in their own hands and committing suicide, mm-hmm. right? Because like they were stigmatized and not receive help. They're in very isolated communities. Um, probably 
probably a shortage of um, therapists in a lot of those areas too. Those are the right. rural areas. And so um, was not necessarily what I was thinking of when like I was going to hear stats on gun violence. Well, I was talking to a psychiatrist today, actually, not for myself, but somebody for work. Just um, for funsies. Yeah. <laughs> they, needed a, they needed a website, so, you know. Mm. Ooh, um, I know one of those. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, so, uh, you know, of course, uh, because his area of, um, expertise is suicide prevention, right? So of course I start picking his brain about stuff and, um, I made, I made a comment about, um, how men tend to have a harder time seeking help. And he said, yeah, actually the, the number one, uh, group, um, for su- that commit suicide are white males. Mm-hmm. they're the largest number yeah they're the ones that um from my crisis counselor days i remember this they're the ones that are the most successful group exactly because they i don't know if they're i guess they're the ones that attempt most as well because this is totally generalizing but men tend to um attempt suicide in more violent ways so they're often more, more successful more successful right yeah um, where they try to get shot by police. Um, Radio Lab actually just did a two-part series on shots fired and shooting uh, police brutalities, but police shootings, and they focused in on the state of Florida for this one investigation, and they sh- shared that most people walked in and hoped to be shot by police, so they didn't have to do it themselves. Hmm. So, and it was a fact that in in one of the calls you heard. Um, the gentleman came out. The officer said, stand down. I don't want to shoot you. He's like, no, I want you to shoot me. I want to end my life. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And well, they said there was a good, stronger case of mental health. And one of the police officers in, I think it was Jacksonville or Daytona, they talked about getting to know the community. And they knew there were certain people that were maybe not on their med- medication sometimes. So he actually said, I'm going to tase you now. And he, and he shot out tased, tasing, 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 because he didn't want his um, partner to think he was shooting him and then shoot at that person who had right. a mental health issue and said, okay, he's on the ground. We're good. And then I think they had a repeat visit. They're like, hey, Danny, how's it going? And he was fine. He's back on his meds. Right. Now, like on the opposite side of that, I always used to, or I should say my, um, mentor when I was a crisis counselor um always used to say um it was like overnight shift so we talked a lot about how nervous I was about <laughs> doing this right. um but yeah. he always used to say you know like Sue it's the the people who call you, you can help them mm-hmm. you know because they called <laughs> so they want help it's the people right. who don't call that you know yeah probably might not we might not be able to do anything for because their minds are already made up so I mean you're your colleagues and your students who are, are throwing up a red flag, whatever that looks like, they want help. So help. <laughs> yeah. I'm concerned in the state. So as we talk about the state of healthcare and in the U S particular, I think there's some differences, not entirely because we have cultural implications of different countries and people and different backgrounds and cultures make decisions around health, mental health. Um, but the access to proactive care, do you think that has a bigger impact? Because I know from my experience being, um, I worked with a group of counselors, as you do, who all went through counseling and we did end up doing like career counseling, career developmental things. 
Um, they talked about we just could call and have access and it's paid for and it's there. And it wasn't that it was used more, but people felt that they had a resource. And do you think that maybe mm -hmm. others don't now in the U.S.? So I was just going through... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not the expert in this. I don't mean to yeah. chime in on Kristen's <laughs> no, you're uh, fine. Chime answer. In. Um, I, we're going through our uh, foster parent re-up, uh, our renewal of our licensing. And they were talking about, because um, most kids have some type of medication when they come to your house and like mm -hmm. how to handle it and deal with it. And But they said like to see um, a psychologist, like like you may have to wait like nine like nine months to get in. To, to see someone like the the so like we have a lot of therapists in town but we don't have a lot of people who can do like prescription management right right um yeah. i happen to work for two child psychiatrists so i was like i was not really worried about it but right. um I, I just can't imagine like you're you're trying to help this child and deal with his medication and um you just it's like okay we'll get back with you in like eight months or four months or however long it is before we can like see the child and talk to them and then see the, the medical notes. So, and I live in a, like a large, the seventh largest city in the U S with a major medical center. So it's not like I live in a rural part of the state. Right. Yeah. And the, the other thing that's interesting too. So like I have friends who see psychiatrists for medication, um, who go in for 15 minutes once every couple of months still have to pay the full amount, right? It's still a full doctor's yeah. visit. Um, and so of course, after a while they're like, whatever, my meds are fine. I don't want to have to pay. Like I'm doing fine. Um, and so that's where you end up losing people too, you know, like, because it's like, I am doing fine. I don't need that. Um, the, the other thing that I, I think is interesting is that, um, like, so my meds are not prescribed by a psychiatrist. I've never actually gone to a psychiatrist. I, my doctor, uh, my family doctor actually works with me, um, on my medication, which has been awesome. Um, but she also will say like, okay, we've taken your meds to the full extent. You need to go do therapy. You need to go do this. You know, like she'll advise me on other stuff. Um, and I don't know that people always think of talking to, um, their, the doctors they see for their physical health, but there's many of them who will. And if they can't work with you, there's somebody in the practice who can. That's an area that people don't always think to explore, but, but that can be helpful as well. But definitely it's, it's challenging to seek that. And on top of all that, so you've got, it's hard enough to, to get in and see a psychiatrist and all that. And then you've, you're talking about, at least for us, we're talking about higher ed professionals who get paid crap, right? Okay. Like we all get it like, and so they can't afford to do the, you know, the psychiatrist visit on top of a psychologist or therapist um, on top of their physical health. So they address their physical health first. And if they're, if they can, they get to the mental health, right. Or they can't afford the meds. I mean, I was on medication a couple of years ago that um, quit my insurance quit covering and it was 400 bucks a month. Oh. Like, I, like, I can't do that. Like, I, as much as I want, like, I want to stay sane, like, I can't afford 400 bucks a month because that's going to be a different type of mental stressor for me, right? Don't, don't get me on a pharmacy rant here in this country. Right, I right. <laughs> so anyways, I mean, I, 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 it's just, 
of course there there's a problem with access of course there's a problem because our the support here sucks mm-hmm. but you just saying yeah. talk to your physical your doctor your physician about your physical health and mental health should be the same appointment because your physical exactly. health impacts sorry your mental health impacts your physical health like how often do we see things deteriorate in different ways when people's mental health goes you physically display it in absolutely different ways. Yeah. and and your the meds that you take will without a doubt, have some sort of side effect that is physical, like without a doubt. I mean, I, I've, I have yet to take a, an antidepressant or any sort of med that doesn't have some sort of side effect that doesn't affect me physically. And if I don't talk about that with my doctor, like that doesn't, I can't help her understand it if I don't talk to her about it. Yeah, it's about um, physical and other side effects for drugs. Just amaze a lot of our um, our family that come over and visit us from overseas and friends are like, really? They just gave you like three minutes of what the side effects, adverse side effects mm-hmm. are for most drugs. I was like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, switching gears a little bit. I know that May is coming up and y'all are probably working on a few things. Um, do you care to share or is he still in pre-planning days or what's going on in May? Why should we care? Sue, so do you want to talk first? <laughs> wait, wait, times. Sue, so do you have a shirt that says Eat Sleep Podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Repeat. Repeat. <laughs> nice. I awesome. figured it would be appropriate for tonight. <laughs> As you just shifted in your chair, I saw the podcast part of it. And so yeah. I, wanted to, I didn't want to let that go. I can't like sit for very long. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, I gave Jeff a cross stitching while That's I good. sit here. <laughs> I was gonna say it's the antsiness in me. I'm like, this... <laughs> um, wait, can you guys hear a violin in the background? No, no, I but she did. It's okay. Yeah. Okay, good. On ambiance. Dan's in the other room, and sometimes it comes through this door. Um. <laughs> um so what do we have planned for May? Oh my goodness. Um, Kristen, I feel like I'm going to forget something, but I'm going to try to. Well, you don't have to, you don't have to mention all of it. Okay. Uh, well we do. So we have a call out again to share, um, blog posts or, um, I think we said any medium, right? Kristen, help me. Yeah. Well, so we were actually, we're actually gonna, um, try to do some shorter form stuff. Um, yeah. because we have a lot of people who have said, I want to do a blog post, but I just don't have time. So mm-hmm. we're asking them to do some shorter stuff for us and like short little videos and things like that. Yeah. Luckily, Cross Carly. Stitch. Yeah. Cross-stitch, t-shirt yeah. making, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anything in your spare time. That you're... Right. <laughs> um, luckily for us, Carly's really, um, pretty good with video editing, um, and kind of fills in our, lack of knowledge in that area. Yes. Uh, so she's going to help with that. Um, we are sharing a bunch of sections of the toolkit actually on our social mm-hmm. media pages. So we'll kind of be sharing them throughout the month, um, specifically the one about language and how to reframe and reuse some of the phrases that uh, we hear regularly that can maybe mean something to someone who has mental illness. So my favorite one is I'm in a panic, um, partially because that resonates with me. Cause I'm like, that to me means something completely different than it does to you probably. And if you're in a panic, I know what that feels like. And let me help you. <laughs> right. Okay. right. 
Or let me like, I don't know. I always say, let me help you get into like crawl into a bathroom and lay on the floor for the next 24 hours. Cause that's what works best for me sometimes. So, <laughs> and it's been that the language thing has been especially relevant because yeah. so many people keep saying, Oh my gosh, our president's insane. Our president's obviously mentally ill. Our president, but, and I'm like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't know for sure, though. Wh- Point of record. That's. Are, are any of you, are, are any of you specifically his psychologist, psychiatrist, <laughs> therapist, whatever? Yeah, like, like until stop. we know for sure, he's just a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, right? There's, there's bad and evil and horrible and yeah. ignorant and all those things that are not mentally ill that somebody can be without being mentally ill, right? Yeah. So. That's been kind of my soapbox lately is like, okay, let's reconsider our language. Let's not use mentally ill or insane to yeah. say bad. Like yeah, he's those such... things don't necessarily equal each other. Yeah. They're so psychotic. I'm yeah. feeling so ADD right now. I want to kill myself. I mean, it goes on and on. Like yeah. well, weather's really bipolar. Yeah, yes. exactly. Oh, that's a, that's a favorite of mine. Like, yeah. is it though? Because I does weather see a psychiatrist? No. Uh, I had this just a couple weeks ago. I was like, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you're um, doing that. That needs to happen. So that's great. Yeah, and I feel like it's not. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like there's a line with these things, like it's good to have humor and whatever else, but this mm-hmm. to me is not really, I mean, you could, you could be funny and not use any of those word phrases and you would still be funny. So maybe just stop. <laughs> so you're not going to uh, say maybe... you're crazy busy in May with all the stuff going on? Okay. That's I, I love embracing the crazy one. And actually that's how committed got its name because Kristen and right? I thought we should be a little tongue in cheek with this one because we are committed and committable and all the <laughs> It's fantastic. It's great. Yeah. Um, so just th- we'll be sharing some things like that. Um, and um, we're going to sh- – Kristen, do you want to talk about – I can talk about that. I'll do that. <laughs> so we're going to do – I love a- how y'all had that connection out there. Like just – They're committed, <laughs> yeah. okay? In y'all, every y'all shape right here. and form right there. It's <laughs> you saw the buzz through the headphones right. up there. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, you gave her a look via Skype, and she's like, oh, yeah, I can talk about it. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I'll put down my cross stitch for a minute. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to do this. This is is one of the reasons that Sue and I work so well together. She's like, so I was thinking, what if we did more of a story, like one person's story? And I was like, yeah, that's cool. But what if we did it and, like, had a bunch of other people share their perspectives as well? So, like... Because, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've written has all been first-person stories. Like, what if we talked about, like, what is it like to work with somebody who has mental illness? What is it like to be married to somebody with mental illness? What is it like to be the kid of somebody with mental You know, like, all of that. And so uh, we're going to, um, because I'm always game to be the guinea pig here, we're going we're gonna to do that. Um, and so... Um, I sent a message out the other day and I've already got several people that are, that are on board. A couple, um, a couple coworkers, my husband, my son's, we're going to videotape my son, uh, because I think he would um, be very upset with me if I asked him to like actually sit down and write something. It would be like homework. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to, we're going to try to show like what it's like to know somebody with mental illness and why that doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I like the different perspectives because I think people are stigmatized to talking about anyone like related or nearby a friend like how do you deal with I want to do that. wait I need to volunteer for this we will share in our show notes your sign up but actually I'd like to volunteer with this as well because I I have some people I have some good friends I've had to deal with and work with Kristen do you feel that being so out there that like it's hard to just have a bad day without people trying to like put you in a box of like oh she's just being depressed or she's being um, or do you feel that they give you that latitude? Uh, so it's funny you said the when uh, I had some some relatives who saw me post about being uh, having depression on Facebook and were like, "Oh, that's why you never smile." Like I, <laughs> I was like, Are you kidding uh, me? No, They've no. never hung out with us then, obviously. Well, that was one. I'm like, well, maybe the reason I never smile is because I'm a dick. Like, I, you know, like, maybe it's the company. Right? Um, yeah, I mean, I do have people attribute like that to um, mental illness uh, occasionally. And and it's interesting because like my my young, my younger sister, my, oh, God, my whole family is like, God, you were such a moody teenager. And I'm like... Yeah, I was because I was dealing with depression. Like on top of being a moody teenager, you were also on top of being a teenager. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. right. (laughs) Double bonus. It is interesting because, like, every once in a while, my younger sister sister will say something like, "Gosh, like, no wonder you were moody. Like, of course you were. Like, who wouldn't be? Like, if you were dealing with that." But yeah, I mean, I think sometimes um, I do have that. Um, I do occasionally get the, "Are you?" Hey, and it's not like a hey how are you like what's going on it's a something's not right and i can tell something's not right yeah. um and i do a lot of isolating during those times and so yeah. i don't always give people the chance to ask either which that's my shield that i do um but yeah i mean i think i think that is there's times where i'm just crabby because it's like stuff isn't going right or whatever, you know, it works. Having until, a shitty day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. having a shitty day and people are like, so like, what is this like just a shitty day or is it like a shitty week or is it a shitty month? Like, so I think that's been the, the kind of signifier for those that work closely to me is like, there's a big difference between a shitty day. And then if I have a full week of shitty days, like maybe there's, they need to start checking in and seeing, yeah. Hey, are things going okay? And and of course, Sean and I, my husband Sean and I, have like a bajillion and one indicators. Like, if I'm, you know, if I stay home from work and I'm like, oh, I think I have a sore throat or something, and he's like, okay, mental health day, obviously, right? You know, like, <laughs> let me uh, see, open up. <laughs> Those tonsils look okay, but <laughs> yeah, go ahead and treat yourself, okay? Right, yeah. right. So he's like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, get some rest, you know. But, um, you know, he, he's he got several of those. In, like, he knows the real indicators when he needs to be concerned. So, Kristen, I think you, I think you used to do this, too. I remember us, like, vaguely talking about it. But um, and this seems, like, very, uh, I don't know, weird, frankly. <laughs> but um, I used to, and still do sometimes, track my panic attacks like on the same app that I track my period <laughs> because it was helpful to know what was a pattern 
and if there was a pattern at all to them. Because early on, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that they were panic attacks, to be honest. I thought it was just me being an anxious person, which I also am, so that's great. (laughs) But um, I thought that it was somehow, I don't know, related. But I'm so glad I started doing that in the beginning because when I kind of saw how often things were, you know, I was having a bad day um, and like like spending time not talking to Dan um, or anyone else. And like, it wasn't just your normal work stress. I kind of started you know realizing that oh wait a minute (laughs) yeah this is something more um and I can't remember Kristen I feel like we talked about how we both did that at one point but well the for me yeah yeah, it was um so a lot of medications that are out there were were tested on men uh and not really made to accommodate women's hormones and so once a month I had horrible depression like every month, you know, and it sucked. Um, and so, yeah, I was able to track. And so it was like, seriously, um, okay, I can deal with once a month. And, but I had to keep an eye on if it went beyond that, like that's what I had to track. I just want to say thank you so much for making this staff facing, because I don't think we often look at the staff side of higher ed. And that's a talent pool that we need to think of and support and develop more often. So I really appreciate that the committee project is dedicated to the staff side of the house in our colleges and universities, because we always want to study the students or we want to develop the faculty, but that third peg that's really important that's supporting and helping everyone else isn't getting the help they always need. Question I have for you both, because we listen to a lot of podcasts, and I sent Jeff a New Yorker on everyone's podcasting, but no one's pod listening. But we do. So what are you listening to these days, if anything? And if not, reading is also welcome. Oh, I probably could do listening and Kristen could probably do reading okay. if I had to guess. All right. So Kristen, Kristen. go reading reading first and we'll come back to the podcast. What do you recommend to read okay. these days? Um anything. So yeah, no, I, I've actually been reading several books on um, mental health, um, fiction and nonfiction. Um, I just read, uh, like, let's see if I can get it right. Just Like Someone Without Mental Illness, Only More So. It's by Mark Vonnegut. That's a great uh, title. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, well, and you guys will appreciate this soon, Jeff, because um, it's written by Mark Vonnegut, who's an MD. Um, His name is familiar, actually. Yeah, so he's he um, is a uh, pediatrician, um, and he's on the Harvard Admissions Board. Um, oh, Harvard, that's what Harvard he Medical me. School. <laughs> yeah, he interviewed me. Um, sure. And so, but it's it is interesting because he does talk about his experiences at school, but also as a doctor in having um, bipolar disorder. So um, it was really. It was really interesting. He's got a little bit of the Vonnegut flair in it, of course, as well. Um, and I just finished a, it's actually, it was actually a young adult novel called A Tragic Kind of Wonderful that's also um, uh, about bipolar. Um, so that was really interesting. And then I also just finished, uh, and Laura and I just talked about this last week, um, John Ronson's um, Say You've Been Publicly Shamed. Oh yeah, and uh, next on my list is um, the psychopath test by yeah. by the same same author. I want to so. hear what you think about that one. Yeah. So you publicly been shamed is so relevant now. He wrote this in 2012. So 
cool. Yeah, no, it's absolutely relevant now. And now, of course, I'm reading Harry Potter uh, for like the fifth time because I needed something light um, that did not require me to think. Nice. And it's so damn good. <laughs> it is great. It's amazing. All right, so what do we? What should we listen to? Because we don't have any podcasts at all to listen to on our thing. Oh my gosh, I have so many. So I'm going to only pick a few okay. that I recently. Besides been. the imposters. Besides great. the imposters, of I will course. pick other ones. Although shameless plug for that. Um, <laughs> I listen to the That's my podcast that I one of them <laughs> that I listen to. I listen to the recent one. Pretty good, Ken. Yeah, gals, yeah. you did good. Good work. Yeah. Thanks. Um, on behalf of the gals. <laughs> um, okay, so two of them, um, I'll preface it with, like, they're very liberal podcasts. So if you don't like that, you're not going to like these. Um, but one is Pod Save America, and one is called Love It or Leave It. They're all very funny, but it's also how I kind of, like, lightly get all of my very depressing news in the morning. Um, I was surprised how much I liked Love It or Leave It. Me too. Actually, no, you know what? I wasn't because I love John Lovett. I really do. I do too. I like him, but like as a whole podcast, I thought it'd be a little overwhelming. But I agree. It was it was good. Yeah. So I love those two. I also am in the middle of um, S Town. Otherwise, oh, what do you you think? I'm one of those people. Um, I finished it today. I was a serial listener, and I li- I stayed up through the night to listen to serial. <laughs> um, it's not as good as that, but I do. I also listen to This American Life regularly, so it's so it's okay. Um, you know, what, it's, what episode or chapter or whatever they call it? But what chapter um, are you on? I'm chapter five right now, so not that I didn't become as obsessed as I was with serial. Yeah. And then I also listened to uh, Radical Candor. This mm. is a really yeah, this is one that's put out by um, Gretchen Rubin, who has the happiness, uh, who wrote the Happiness Project and has a podcast, Happier. But it's two folks. I'm forgetting their names now, but they have a company called um, I think it's Candor Inc. And it's just like how to be honest in the workplace, and it, it's really interesting to listen to it. And something I feel like I could be better at professionally, so that's really why I listened to that. And then I listen to Modern Love because I'm a big sap. <laughs> it's all, uh, it's produced by, I think, the uh, New York Times. And it's all like love stories, not just, um, you know, romantic love stories, but like about family and about breakups and about, it's just cool stories. That's all. I need the opposite podcast of Radical Candor. Um, if you have a recommendation for that, where you shut your mouth more, that'd be great. <laughs> In the workplace. <laughs> All right. I well, don't know if I have one for that. Entre- entrepreneurs and coffee, maybe? <laughs> maybe. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Um, thank you, ladies, for taking time out of your schedules and meeting with us and chatting with us. And come back anytime. We're going to plug, obviously, the committed project and things like your call for um, posts, narratives, videos, whatever, making stuff for the committed project for May because we hope to get this out in early April. Then. Great. Awesome. Yeah, the only thing wrong with podcasts is that you can't give hugs to the people at the end of it. So thanks, guys. Virtual <laughs> <Great. laughs> <Yeah>. hugs. <laughs>